What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the 3C Podcast. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. It's Monday, and you know what that means. Another episode coming at you live from the Juice Team. And we've got one here where we're talking about some decisions that we're making on the product side. A little peek behind the curtain, talking about some decisions that we're making, things that we're doing to better serve the content marketer and the content consumer in the B2B marketing space. And what we have come to the determination of, you're going to ruffle some feathers along the way, and we're okay with that. So Jonathan and I talk about just our product team, some conversations that we've had about product flows and decision points that are going to really impact the trajectory of our business. We thought it was important to share those out with you at this point. Definitely, if you like what you've been hearing on the 3C show, hit that subscribe button. Leave us that five-star review. Also, if you want to know more from us, if you want to receive our newsletter, got a lot of good things going on there. Maybe some events around the corner. Hit that link in the show notes. You can also go check us out at thejuicehq.com. That's at thejuicehq.com. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the 3C Podcast. We had an exciting week last week, the unveil of the juice. Spent a lot of time trying to transition everything to the juice. We're still in the process of transitioning. Uh, in that process, I spilled uh, a cup of coffee all over my laptop, and now I've got a, a new laptop. I, I tweeted out on Sunday it was a downgrade because that's what we do when we're 30, mid-30s, trying to punish ourselves. So that's where we're at this week. But you know what? As, as, as this goes live, it's Monday. I'm going to try to pick up the spirits a little bit. Uh, Jonathan, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Sorry about your uh, mishap this weekend. I think we've all been there, done that at different stages. So I, uh, I feel your pain there a little bit. Yeah. And I, the thing is, is I hadn't seen it done since college and I don't want to share my age, but that was over a, well, I guess I am more than a decade ago <laughs> and it just hadn't crossed my mind. And I thought at this point they would build Waterproof laptops? Maybe not. Maybe I'm just uh, over overstepping. I don't know. And you don't even have a dog or a cat or anybody else you can blame it on. But I, I appreciate the uh, self-discipline to uh, punish yourself accordingly. Yes, absolutely. So what I want to do in this conversation is maybe talk a little bit about some conversations we had internally last week. There was a lot of spirited conversations, which anytime we're all together, whether it's in group setting and we're trying to make decisions based on kind of future direction of the company, I have thoughts and I have opinions, but like the role I try to play in that is I I try to sit back and I try to like document. And it's not like I'm not taking notes on everything everyone has said, but I'm trying to say, you know what, like, this is an interesting conversation. I need to make note of this because I think it's something that probably can be shared on our podcast and people would benefit from. So that's kind of, I want to talk about an article you shared with me during one of these conversations, but maybe we just start here. There was a team meeting that we have at the end of the week, every week. And it's, it's a usually a, here's everything that we did you know, what we're looking forward to doing next week. It's, it's, a, it's a fun meeting, a good way to close it out. But there was a question, and that question came from Elena over to, I would assume, everybody 
but me because I wasn't involved in the meetings. But do you want to maybe share with like what that question was and the rabbit hole that that kind of led to? Yeah. So I'm actually going to go like two or three days back in time, even prior to that question, because all of last week kind of led up to this article we're going to end up talking about. And But it was kind of a, a three-day like snowball effect. So Wednesday, uh, Eric, CTO and co-founder, started doing some pretty heavy lifting on the technical side. We had mocked up this demo of helping content consumers essentially with one click fill out gated content forms with either real information or some varying level of anonymous information. We wanted that all to take place within our platform, the Juice, kind of make that a really frictionless customer or content consumer experience. So Eric started building this and sure enough, we end up finding out due to one of a couple different smaller reasons, but one really major reason, it's actually going to be impossible for us to bring that form experience into our platform. So that was a pretty large red flag for what we uh, had been building and thinking we were going to be building. Honestly, though, like I remember it was Wednesday night and Eric slacked me about that. And, um, you know, I was with my wife and I remember telling her, you know, this was bound to happen. Like at some point, something we wanted to do was going to break or not work or not be possible. Like this is just the first example of that. But it did cause we we are going to need to make some pretty big changes. Uh, And so Eric and I Wednesday night started kicking back and forth some of those ideas. And we decided, all right, Thursday, let's let's lock ourselves in a room, kind of whiteboard this out. Let's bring in a product designer uh, who had helped with some of the previous mock-ups and kind of has that product leader mindset and uh, see what we can come up with. So then on Thursday, or sorry, that was actually Tuesday night. That then the whiteboard session happened Wednesday. Uh, between the three of us, we think we get to a pretty good spot. We're really excited about it. And our product designer updates our kind of flow diagram that we're using to kind of lead into everything that we're building. We're really aligned on that. We think it makes a ton of sense. We share it with the team, the broader, uh, the juice team on Thursday, and we get even more buy-in. I think some really good questions. We make some improvements to the flow. We've got our senior engineer, Tony, is weighing in as a marketer, which is just a big step in the uh, juice process. You know, you and Elena providing great feedback from content marketers, content consumers perspective. Uh, it was, I think, a couple hour meeting. I remember, I, I think we all left that meeting on Thursday, like really fired up. I think we all saw the same really big vision. And I think there was some healthy debate on how far can we go with that vision? How how hard should we push against it versus just getting us to like kind of this iterative MVP state of that's good enough for now, but we really did a good job of pushing beyond that. So then Friday, uh, Eric, myself, and the product designer, JP, who's working with us, we present this to High Alpha. And all of a sudden, we start getting a lot of like really tough questions um, about like, are you sure? Like, is that defensible? Are you sure you want to push that far? You're going to upset some marketers potentially with that. Is there a way to accomplish what you want to accomplish without upsetting marketers or potentially brands? And I think that hit the three of us, JP, Eric, and myself all very differently. I think Eric, um, maybe more risk averse than others on that call, started to doubt some of what we had just aligned on on Thursday. JP, I think very tactically started thinking through what that meant. And I was kind of sitting there like, "Mm, yeah, like good point. I valid point, but this is just part of what we're building. We are going to upset some people along the way. Likely. I think a lot of good innovation does, 
Uh, and this is just the first example of eyebrows being raised at what we're doing. And we have to get used to when we share this with people that aren't in the weeds with it every day, we're going to have to get used to them being like, wait a second, you're going to do what a little bit? And then so that led to our team meeting on Friday that was right after that meeting. Sorry, podcast about a lot of different meetings, exciting stuff here. But uh, Friday, we gathered the team together. And I think that's when uh, there was kind of this hesitation around like, are we sure what we aligned on on Thursday was a really good idea? And that led to Elena's question. Yeah. And so we're, you know, I've got Friday brain going on. We're, we're trying to get through the meeting. You had asked, was there any other questions? And you, I could sense there was a lot going on in the, the minds of the people who had been a part of this process all week. I wasn't quite sure what was going on in, in their minds. I know I was a part of a conversation, which I, I put as that was a highlight of my week because it was an advancement from the of what we had talked about in our last product demo and offered feedback, got really good feedback. And I personally felt like the the product was in a place that it was it was charging forward. However, the I looked around the the Zoom room and that the, the, there was something going on. And I it was Friday afternoon. People at this point are exhausted. We've all felt that Friday feeling and I didn't necessarily want to push the bounds and try to open it up, but I'm glad my teammate Elena did. And Elena asked the question, and this is just a a pro tip for everyone. When you're in the setting, ask the question. For me, if that question was never asked, I'm not sure we'd be sitting here right now talking about it, which makes for some content for everyone to uh, consume and hopefully learn something from. So Elena just said like, all right, like, can, can we just like, can you just let us know like what's going on and spill then, the beans, <laughs> spill, spill the beans. And that's where just like this explosion of passion around this topic happened. Yeah. So uh, to go uh, uh, maybe one step further with what that topic is, is we want to aggregate B2B content from across the internet, uh, specifically sales and marketing content. Uh, and then we want to share that with sales and marketers who are looking for that content, right? And so the question is, if we are doing that on behalf of brands, if we are aggregating their content and then sharing it, is that going to upset them that that's not happening on their website? Probably, potentially. Uh, Probably is the right answer. Some of them, right? But we have thought through that as marketers. Uh, We've got three of them on the team. And our thought is if we can share their content with an audience that otherwise wouldn't have seen it, and then share some level of analytics on who is interacting with that content, maybe not contact information for those individuals who don't want to be contacted, but actually put that control in content consumers' hands. Should we do that? Are we comfortable kind of doing that on behalf of the brands? And that's where the conversation was like, ah, I'm not sure. And I think you spoke up and you, you maybe know the B2B marketer better than anybody on the team. And you're like, if somebody did that for me on my behalf, I would write them a thank you card, right? Like I would, I would be so grateful that they are helping us, you know, extend our brand awareness, potentially get some really strong leads. And so I, I think there is a level of discomfort that comes with pushing it that far. But I think to make some noise in the space and to build a place where content marketers and content consumers come together, that's what we have to do. 
And it, it would be crazy to not work towards that vision. Um, and it'd be crazy to kind of iterate uh, on that vision. Since then, Eric, our CTO and myself have talked and he's like, you know, we don't want to open a restaurant with just a tasting menu um, or just, you know, a few appetizers. We want a full menu experience when we launch the platform. And I think that'll be good from a product stickiness perspective, a user engagement perspective, and ultimately really good for the brands themselves on the platform. So we're going to push towards that really big vision. Uh, and if somebody, if that upsets a marketer, that's fine. We can uh, not share their content. That's no problem for us, but uh, that's a potentially broader audience. They won't get their content in front of, right? And so I think it was, we had all been thinking along that very um, innovative, really like pushing through some of the noise in this space way as a team. And then when we present that externally, we're going to get some pushback. And I think we got that for the first time. And that kind of force the team to either uh, take a stand a little bit stronger, like, like it challenged what we were believing in a really good way. But I think we ended up uh, talking through it in that Friday meeting as a team and it further validated kind of where we ended up on Thursday, but was a good exercise for us to all go through. Eric in his analogies, he's all, he's got one for everything. I love it. He really and does. That, I hadn't heard that one. And that, that does not surprise me. I think a couple things there to, to comment on one the sharing of information and sharing of B2B content is happening in a whole new different way at this point. Um, yes, SEO plays a role. Yes, there are campaigns. Yes, you're doing email. There are all these things. But there is a whole new way of sharing content, and that is happening privately. People are DMing people links to stuff. People are slacking. If you listen to the episode with Joanna from Animals, we were talking about this dark web experience. And to me, there are companies right now that I think are progressive and they are trying to get people to do the network and share their links out in that way. And it's kind of this one-to-one -one approach as opposed to this kind of one-to-many approach that we're so used to in B2B marketing. So it seems to me in my per perspective it, is that there's a movement kind of going on around this new way of doing B2B marketing. And so with that, whenever there's this new way and there's this existing way or old way of how people have been doing things, you're gonna, if, if we're a company that's building a platform to, to make a, create a frictionless content experience, we're gonna probably piss some people off. But for me as a marketer, that's exciting because you know it helps us stand out. It helps us get attention. It helps us be part of the conversation of what's happening in the B2B marketing space. And I will be the first to admit, like I am... I'm willing to take risks in, in this arena. And maybe it's because I am a B2B marketer and I understand what works maybe and what doesn't rather than some. But I think for us, it's a good balance we have at our, on our team is you've got different levels with different levels of experience, skill sets, and different people with risk tolerance. But I can say when we left that meeting on Friday... And it sounds like it's progressing ahead. We've got a restaurant analogy, which is awesome. It sounds like uh, you know we're we're in a really good spot, and we're we're looking to kind of push our vision forward. Which I think that's that's I mean that vision has been set by you, and we're kind of operating and pushing that forward. And you know me, like I'm going to push it as as far as you tell me. Hey, let's rein it back a little bit. But I think it makes for me as a marketer it's like an open canvas and it's a, it's a space where I feel like there's a ton of opportunity. And I personally feel like it's a problem and we're setting out and we're solving it. And that's what software companies need to do. 
Yeah. And I think that that was part of what I mentioned Friday is like, none of us signed up to do the safe thing, right? Like if we were interested in doing the safe thing, nobody would be at a five person startup um, during a global pandemic, right? Like uh, we've got people who are willing and capable of taking risks and acting quickly and reacting even faster. Um, so that, that, that was why I was like, you know, let's, let's push this. Let's, let's take this opportunity we have to go big. Um, if it doesn't work out, we'll, we'll figure something else out, but let's, let's not start by going small and then hope we go big. Let's, let's go all in here and take advantage of the opportunity we have. Yeah. And so as I think I got done, like sharing something with the group and got a good reaction. And then you in that meeting hit me with a, a Slack message with an article. I don't know if you had just read it, you had it saved up and you were waiting for a, a good moment, but you, you like hit me with it right away. And I read the headline of it and I just, without reading the article, like I immediately responded because I felt like I had maybe heard the story or understood the premise of it. But again, like this is ever, there has been marketing podcasts that, that have given credit and shared inspiration around the work of Steve Jobs, that's like, that just shows his impact and how powerful his work, body of work was and how it transcends different industries. And, but anyways, it was a, it was a good moment. And the article that you shared was the Steve Jobs speech that made Silicon Valley obsessed with pirates. It was from Quartz. I'll give credit to Sarah Todd, who was the one that authored it. There is a lot of meat on that bone of that article but I think at the core of it, like my primary takeaway was the quote that it's better to be a part pirate than join the Navy. So maybe share with me, like, what is what is your perspective around maybe the article and that quote specifically? And why'd you send it to me? Yeah, so I hadn't like just read it. It is a quote I was familiar with, I think, just through the course of time. Uh, and it just, it struck me on Friday as we were all talking there, we were, you know, discussing, all right, what's, we can do the safe thing here. Um, or we can do the kind of crazy thing. That's probably a little bit more risky. And when you talked about like, you know, really taking on the challenge of doing the big, probably more difficult, but more impactful thing, uh, that quote just kind of jumped to the top of my mind. So I did a quick Google search on it. I thought it was Steve Jobs, but I couldn't remember for sure. And uh, sure enough, I found this article and that to me, that's what we were discussing. It's like, we can do the safe thing and, you know, be the Navy. But to me, there's a lot of Navy in the content marketing, B2B content marketing space. Like that space needs desperately needs a few pirates. And uh, that's, that's the role I think we can play in the space. And it's, it's, you know, it's very uh, cliche probably for tech CEO to sit here and quote Steve Jobs. And even this specific quote, like, I feel like I've unlocked a badge or something as along my tech CEO journey here um, doing this and now talking about it. But it was so specific to what how we were thinking about our product and our our position in the space. It was it was too good not to share. And then reading through this article, I think there's some really good tertiary points and uh, stories to that quote that makes sense for us as a business. Yeah. And I think for me, when I I saw the headline, immediately it triggered to something that I had been talking about early here in the business and even documented it is that I think, you know, we need to be the ones that are turning left when everyone else is going right. We need to um, be different. We need to stand out. Um, and I, I felt, I've always felt that way because, you know, the market that we're entering is, is, is busy. 
There's a lot of people doing a lot of things with content marketing. So for me, I think about just the, the pirate and the representation of the pirate and how the, the, I mean, the visuals I have, I mean, I don't know if it's because of through sports teams or whatever, but I always just imagine like, you know, a group of people on a, a boat that, and they're getting ready to kind of wreak havoc on something because they have such a strong belief in that mission. And to me, like that resonates with the work that we're doing, the mission that we're setting out to, 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 to go after and yeah, wreaking havoc. Like we're that we're going to ruffle feathers. We're going to wreak some havoc along the way. But I think if our intentions are to better serve the experience of the content consumer and just like a pirate would, uh, pillage obstacles and eliminate those along the way and allow our uh, content consumers to set sail on content that is going to allow them to better learn and better operate and function in their roles, then sign me up. I'll wear the eye patch. I love it. I love it. Uh, we're about to get some brand swag. So maybe an eye patch <laughs> should be uh, on the list. But yeah, I think you highlighted some of the key points of it and some of how uh, this article references Apple even thinking about it. And, you know, you think about Apple being one of the largest tech companies in the world, if not the largest uh, from a valuation perspective. But, you know, th there's some pretty obvious ones about being scrappy, moving fast, which I think, um, you know, you can say in a number of different ways, but this quote certainly leans into. But what really, what really resonated to me um, about this article is it talked about being audacious and courageous, uh, taking on considerable risk to achieve greater rewards. To me, uh, and just like when we made the brand decision, to me, that spoke to our team so much. Like, I think our team has set some audacious goals. I think everyone's courageous for wanting to do what we're doing at this this point in time. Like, they're taking on considerable risk. And to me, there's that's just such a rallying cry for us as a team. Like, we're going to take on some risk, including this, like really pushing this really far, but uh, that's how we achieve the greater rewards that uh, we want for the content marketing space, for our customers, for ourselves. Um, but that was, that really resonated with me. And then also being, it, it spoke to being like implicitly the pirate is always the underdog, right? Like, and I feel like, um, you know, we're going into a space that I think a lot of people say there's so many players in that space. There's so much going on in that space, so much noise. Like, are you sure you want to go try to like fix a space that's so broken or so loud and so noisy? And it's like, yeah, we do. Like, that's exactly what we want to do, right? Like we're an underdog, but we'll go in and we're going to give it our all. And um, that really resonated with me as well. And it just spoke to the team so much. And like I said, it, it was just a quote that came to mind on Friday, but it was something that you know, I, I read this article in in full um, later that weekend, and it, it just like this is such an opportunity for us uh, to kind of serve as a rallying cry um, that I, I'm really excited about, it, and I think it it further solidified where we landed as a team on Friday. For sure, and I think for me, I always think about like I have a lot of confidence in what we're doing. But I think there's a balance between, you know, having confidence and having, you know, being arrogant about the work that you're doing. I think, you know, having that underdog mindset is always a good place to be. I think chasing something is always better than, you know, being on the stage where everyone else is trying to come after you. To me, that's the position I like to be in. So it's a fun opportunity for us as a business 
we all believe in something and we're all working hard towards going after it. What in your role, what are, how are you trying to maybe think about potential risks and mitigating those risks with not, not letting it mute us, but also letting us, giving us some, some leeway to roll in each of our roles but how are you trying to mitigate risk to make sure we don't start and do all this work and then all of a sudden, you know, something happens where we have to stop production on the work we're doing? How are you thinking through those things? Yeah, to me, it's all about setting those boundaries, right? Kind of setting those guardrails and then hiring the the people to let them bounce around between those guardrails, which is admittedly a challenge for me. You know, I, I my background is a marketer and it's something you and I and Elena have all talked about. Like it, it'd be very easy for me to default into marketing leader role. Um, but really like that's not my role with this company, right? Like my role is to set the marketing guardrails, which could come in the form of budget or goal setting and then being hands-off, right? Like have to be at this stage. So same thing with Eric and the technical team, right? Like here's the vision, here's the mock-up for what we believe the vision is. Go figure out how to build it. And I trust you to build it in a way that's efficient, you know, from a expenditure perspective, that's efficient from a human capital perspective that is built for scale maybe, but uh, first just built to be successful. And so to me, it all comes down to setting those right guardrails and then letting the really smart people kind of bounce between those guardrails and figure it out as long as they're moving everything forward. And then finally, just keeping the team aligned, right? And that was um, Friday. I found myself kind of as we were going through that process and some of the back and forth on it, like I really felt myself in this role of, I really wanted to instigate uh, in a positive way, the debate, right? Like, let's think about it from both sides. Let's let's facilitate that conversation. And uh, we talked on the back end of that, like it's a really healthy friction for us to have, right? Like if you're a reader of Shane Snow and some of his um, dream teams and uh, cognitive friction uh, mental models, there's there's a really interesting thing that happens when there's a healthy uh, friction amongst the team. And I, I felt like we were achieving that. And I, I think that's my role as well as as a leader, you have to facilitate really healthy debates. And I felt like that's what we had. And so it's really guardrails, alignment, you know, facilitating a lot of the conversation around those things. And then getting out of the way, which I'm so fortunate we've got the team that I feel comfortable doing that with. Like nobody needs a lot of handholding. And I, I, I think we're moving fast because of that. I'm with you there. And I agree. There is a lot coming from our team. We're, we're talking a lot about, about a lot of stuff and we're doing this intentionally so you can get to know us before our product is released. And it seems like that May timeline is what are we March 9th as we record this I think it's nearing and there's still a lot of work ahead do you get any sort of anxiety or uh how are you feeling about just our launch and everything that's taking shape in front of us as we close this out yeah I mean certainly some anxiety right but I'd rather get it right than get it fast um because of what we're doing I think and because of our commitment to kind of going big here initially you know, I, I don't want the team to force out something we're not proud of on that timeline. So I think that's part of my role as well as kind of aligning the right timing of everything. But everyone seems confident right now. I mean, it's going to take a lot of work. Eric is a great example this week. He's like, hey, I need you to take some things off my calendar uh, or you just run with those kind of as a founder, co-founder seat and update me. 
because I need to be heads down in code, right? So like, that's just some of the trade-offs we're having to make at this stage. And that's some of the the cool people that we're working with. The The last thing I'll kind of say on that article, just because as we're talking about the team, and it's not just Steve Jobs who talks about pirates, but this was actually the MailChimp CEO who yes. uh, Mail, <laughs> MailChimp's a uh, brand that I've got a ton of admiration for. And he said, when you're a startup founder, it's all pirates. Who joins a startup? crazy people because startups are so risky. They've got a chip on their shoulder and they've got something to prove. They don't want rules. So that's that's this team. And uh, I think just further goes to uh, show kind of how we're all aligned on our thinking. That quote stood out to me and I'm glad you brought it up. Um, and it made a lot of sense for the position we are currently in and the message resonated. Lots coming down the pipe for us. Thank you so much for listening. Jonathan, Appreciate the perspective. Have you back on and share some more. Take it easy. We'll do. Brett, can I can I say one more thing? Go for it. Should we tell everybody to join our waitlist? Yeah, uh, we should. And uh, just in case, yet I think that might be the <laughs> the first. Jonathan, uh, our our fearless leader of the company, loves dad jokes, and there's the first integration of a dad joke into the three C podcast. Hopefully, y'all got a good laugh. Maybe I'll use a. Uh, I'm going to start using the pirate emojis in the uh, newsletter. And by the way, if you're not signed up for the newsletter yet, what are you doing? Link is in the show notes. Take it easy. Talk soon. Thanks, Brett. I cannot believe Jonathan hit me with that arg at the end. Freaking pirates, man. Anyways, hit that subscribe button. Hopefully you're liking what we're doing over here at the 3C Podcast. We're really enjoying the feedback and connecting with all of you. Definitely go check us out at thejuicehq.com. Sign up for our newsletter. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll be back on Friday with another conversation with a content marketer. Peace.